We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Joined as always by my co-host here on the Road of His Overtime podcast, it is Sean Siegel. Sean, we are getting ready here as we roll through the week, another show that I'm really looking forward to here as we look at what history says about these six early round studs. A piece that you had up on the website this past week and kind of talking through why that uh, construction at the start of your drafts and should it be wide receiver wide receiver or is there a reason why we may go with the running backs there uh, that's something we're going to break down on today's show but as we get closer to the season sean uh, looking forward to this one yeah and there are a lot of different things going on we had ryan mcdowell on this week's stealing bananas to come in and talk about dynasty obviously ryan the most famous and the best mind in the dynasty world and what that one of the things that makes me think of are these kitchen sink leagues that we have where you have this big devi element now i had an article on the site last week talking about how you can rebuild your dynasty team through the college players and it kind of brings me around to some really cool stuff that's happening with the site now uh, we talk from time to time about all the different things that you get with a rotavis subscription but one of the cool under the radar things is the college football work from Travis May, Matt Wisby, Stefan Laco. And I would feel very comfortable charging our full subscription price just for the college football and Debbie content alone. And I just wanted to mention this week that Travis May has his big 12 preview out. Matt has his big 10 preview out. Uh, these guys go deep into, you know, who are the Debbie stars that you need to have. You need to be drafting for your CFB teams and making sure that you get onto your taxi in Debbie leagues. Who are the guys who you want to avoid? Who are the freshmen coming in who are going to make a big impact on their team, on your team, and to be prepared for that in a deep way? So these are fun reads, great guys to follow. And so uh, make sure you're checking out the college football content as well. Saying that, Colin, I'm excited to get into draft tactics for redraft this next month. It's all about redraft, right? And one of the things that we have to deal with is that you're not always going to get the first pick. 
And not only are you not always going to get the first pick, but you're not always going to get a pick in this sort of two through seven, two through eight range where historically the win rates have been quite good because you do get some exposure to running backs in that range who have had the league winning seasons. And then kind of all throughout the draft, you're able to get values, right? So that's one of the things that we miss. Even if you have the 101, if there's a tiny disadvantage to that, and it is very small because you get to have Christian McCaffrey, but you are then going to be limited to an extent in terms of the values you get later because you're so far away from your next pick after you make those two. When you're drafting in the middle, it's a lot easier to get value. And you're not having to take these guys at the end of the first round, which immediately put you in difficulty. So, Colin, you and I have drafted from the 11 spot several times. We've drafted from the 12 spot. We approached it a variety of different ways. We've talked about that on the shows. But in this article, in today's show, wanted to go into detail on how you want to approach these picks that traditionally have very poor win rates. You don't have to resign yourself to losing these leagues, and obviously you shouldn't. Yeah, no, you definitely shouldn't. Uh, it's it's a bit disappointing if you're in the draft room on draft day and you're uh, already thinking that it, you're not going to have any any success this year. So, um, I think that what's what's interesting is when you go back, Sean, you looked at how it fell in line with the projections from 2020, and you know at the back end of that draft last year, we had guys like Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, Kenyon Drake, Joe Mixon, those kind of guys, and then the other alternative options at wide receiver were. Pretty similar to the guys that we have there this year. That is Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, and Julio Jones. And even right off the bat, just thinking about that, the guys are there this year again versus the guys aren't really there this year again. And I think that's because they did return on value. And that's what the the numbers bear out when we look at PPR points per game, those wide receivers that I mentioned. 15.8 on average, a total of 185.1 points. And the wide receivers then that I mentioned, 20.5 points on average and 281.8 points. So, uh, you know, almost a full five points um, per game difference between uh, the wide receivers you could have got versus the, the running backs you could have got. And I think, like, listeners again to the show aren't really going to be overly surprised at that. I think when we look ahead to this year, we're going to have a similar perspective um again but when we look at what 2021 is going to look like there is a, a lot of flexibility this year at the turn part of the the reason it's getting quite interesting in some of those drafts that we had is the situation you have with the likes of jonathan taylor and saquon barkley falling to the back end of that uh, first round and sometimes into the second round and that makes it a little bit more of a challenge if you're at the back of the round to, to pass on those guys but if we look at the running back projections so far um, it looks like in round one we have with 231 total points as the kind of running back projection the wide receiver projection 261 round two it's 226 to 258 254 in favor of the wide receiver uh, that gives us an overall average of 2229 for the running back 258 for those wide receiver projections now there is going to be a lot of situations you've mentioned christian mccaffrey if we get him obviously we're a really good situation it's not going to be possible to get him at the back end of that draft i always mention your your tale from last year with blair in terms of why didn't you draft alvin kamara at the 111 so like that this year christian mccaffrey won't be there either i'm unfortunately going to tell the listeners uh, at the back end of your drafts but i think sean um it's just going to be a little bit more of the same for us this year and i think the the simplest way to probably break that down like i mentioned is that the wide receivers that went there last year are either going in the same spot or higher whereas the running backs all tend to be going lower than they were last year. 
Yeah, and, and you mentioned those four running backs and the four wide receivers. So what we did was we looked at a couple of our tools, which are fantastic for sort of calibrating your expectations and understanding historical trends for the spots. Now, it doesn't mean that every player is going to hit their expectation, uh, either in terms of the specific guy or in the abstract. But when we're looking at these two groups, it's very obvious when you look at the range of outcomes and when you look at the win the flex. Now, the win the flex tool basically gives you implied points by ADP. So it tells you a running back being drafted in this spot has historically given you approximately this many points. A wide receiver drafted in this spot gives you this many points. I like to look at both things because one of the things that we run into here is that you spend a lot of time talking about, okay, well, zero RB is going to win your league for you. And then there's the tendency to seek out all the information that supports that because it's your idea and it's something you're you know, trying to convince people is right and you want to be right for yourself. And that can be a huge trap. Right? We have to test this. We have to make sure that we look at it within these other contexts and make sure that we're actually giving good advice, both for ourselves and for other people. Both of these tools showed that the wide receiver options were going to score a lot more points. Now, the other thing we talk about that I think is relevant here, and you've been talking about, is that uh, the reason the receivers are still there and the running backs are not is that you actually had a big talent gap between the running backs who were there and the wide receivers who were there. And that talent tends to play out you look at this in retrospect and it's almost like, well, how could someone have been taking Kenyon Drake or Joe Mixon when Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill were available? And yet every season that kind of comes back up and it's the same thing where we don't want to look at the current options for that season as being no brainers. We want to look at it as, okay, well, maybe this is the time that the running back will actually come through. Having said that, I do think that this running back group is more interesting. So we have not only more interesting names, but we have more names the cool thing about 2021 right now is that the back half of these dra drafts have even a lot more variety than we've seen in the past. It was kind of crazy last season how, you know, if you're going to start running back, running back out of the 11, 12 spots, I mean, you're talking about just a couple of guys, really wide receiver, the same thing. This year I was looking at six different players from each group, basically the running back group going in this range, Austin Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Antonio Gibson, Saquon Barkley. Now you mentioned Taylor and Barkley. Obviously there are Austin Eckler fans. We know Aaron Jones can be one of the most explosive running backs in the NFL. Nick Chubb, probably not a good pick from a fantasy perspective, although he is the guy who has a very good uh, projection in the range of outcomes tool. And then Gibson, someone who could emerge as the new Uber back. And so that group a lot more exciting than the 2020 group. I'm more willing to take some risk on those guys. But when we do the analysis, we find the same thing. So you mentioned the win the flex projections, approximately a 30 point gap on average, which means that if you are doubling up, if you're going running back, running back versus wide receiver, wide receiver, that's a 60 point gap for people who are drafting wide receivers. We can check that looking in the range of outcomes tool. And I won't go through the projections for each guy. You can go through and, and look at these players, but almost universally, the wide receivers have higher projections. Saquon Barkley does get in there as I think that he should as having this projection that does fit with the wide receivers. That's one of the reasons why we do take him from time to time, but the gap averages out to the very same thing. And I think that gives us confidence, not that you're going to be right on individual players because a running back could have a breakout season. A wide receiver could get injured, 
But if you have two tools who are asking the question in very different ways and coming at it from a different perspective, and they're both saying, okay, this is about a 30-point gap. When you double it, you get a 60-point gap. That's a lot of points on average if you go across your different drafts to be giving up. And maybe it's something where it starts to make you ask this question of Barkley needs to be healthy and needs to be in a Giants offense that uses him a little bit more like they used him as a rookie than what they've been using him in the in the situations where he's been healthy the last couple of years, if I kind of need an upside scenario anyway from Barkley, maybe I want to go ahead and take those wide receivers, even if I'm not that worried about his injury. Hey, Rotoviz radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the dynasty command center podcast. And I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart and use promo code RV radio 2021. That's RV radio 2021. And you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and there is the big part there. There is a reason there's a discount on those guys at the moment. Barkley may be 100% ready come week one. That, obviously, that's still the hope. Um, Jonathan Taylor's quarterback situation is definitely not going to be 100% come week one. So there's a lot of a lot of question marks to go there. Um, makes it makes it interesting, but those question marks uh, still make me make me lean on those wide receivers very very heavily. As we uh, get ready to, to wrap up the article, anything in particular that you, you want to highlight that uh, we haven't gone through in it? Well, there's some other concerns that readers, listeners are going to have about this concept of, okay, well, if the wide receiver score more points, that's one thing. But what about playoff upside? What about replacement value and sort of value over replacement? I address those issues in the article as well. And then we also talk about playing it in real drafts have a draft that you and I did with Anthony Amico that listeners can refresh on 
a draft that Ben Gretchen and I did with Davis Maddox. So some examples of different ways to play it that we've talked through when we're on the clock, you can go through those things. But I wanted to make sure I address some of these other concepts as well. It's not just that the wide receivers are going to score more points early, but it also works into some of the things we want to do structurally. So you can check that out on the site. Column, you have another trade of yours that you wanted us to grade. How are the OTI Dark Knights doing in this one? Yeah, this is a. Uh, we actually, I think when we had the uh, when uh, the Overtime Ireland podcast, uh, shout out to um, James McGuire, who is the, the commissioner for all those leagues. Uh, he was uh, somebody who wrote on the Overtime Ireland website at the time. I think we have seven leagues. I think I'm involved in six of them, but um, this one is superhero themed. Yeah, so uh, it's the OTI Dark Knights. Um, so I think they're they're going pretty well, but uh, I'm interested to see if you think that uh, too much was given up in this particular trade um everyone knows about laviska chanel at this point the other player i think i think i'll get an a plus in this one because the other player that i received um <laughs> is kj hamler and then gabriel davis so gabriel davis kj hamler laviska chanel a 2022 third round pick for will fuller um a 2023 first and a 2023 second um for me, I would value the 2022 third at a similar value to the 2023 second. And then my fit in on that was that I was moving away again, a little bit like the trade I mentioned on the previous show, moving away from a, a more uh, an older player, somebody who has broke out last year, but is suspended for one week this year and has had his injuries staying healthy in the past. Um, and then obviously two of uh, the young guys that are some of our favorites and, and Gabriel Davis and KJ Hamler. Um, I, I think it's a pretty fair balance um but what's your original thoughts on it yeah so you've taken a little bit of risk because that 2023 round one has the potential to be a big time player better than the players you're getting back here but listeners know one of the core principles of perpetual reloading is that you have to perpetually reload right you, you have to trade these guys before the trade value diminishes and we're always looking for guys where you can acquire them, whether it's a trade or a startup, what have you. You acquire them, you play them for a couple of years, and then you still trade them at peak value. Chenault, Hamler, Gabriel Davis, all guys who should have some value on the field the next several seasons. And then after they've established that value, you'll be able to trade them. Ideally, even maybe get that 2023 pick back or a better pick. Uh, one of the funny things that's been happening in the Listener League drafts is that you know, we have the tendency to draft Hamler in the 18th round of all of our leagues. That has not been possible in these groups. Uh, Hamler is going in the 13th, 14th round. And then in the chat, you know, we, we have some funny discussions about it. Uh, a lot of this means war kinds of comments. I, I do think too, we should check the uh, the ADP tools as well. I would say just with those uh, four, four listener leagues, I'm sure we've bumped Hamler's ADP a couple of rounds. Yeah, to where he's actually uh, maybe on the edge of being in drafts. Hamler now, we're, we're looking at the situation where ideally Drew Locke does not win the starting job and run this offense into the ground where Jerry Jerry, where Jerry Judy is worth like a ninth round pick, Cortland Sutton a 12th round pick, and KJ Hamler like a 35th round pick. Uh, that's not the scenario we're now looking for with the listeners really picking up and, and drafting Hamler. But uh, Colm, I, th I think you've taken some risk here because Fuller should be good for several more seasons. You know, we have to be careful about paying too much for names that we like. 
like Chenault, at the same time, Chenault, Hamler, and Gabriel Davis, an interesting one. We've been taking Emmanuel Sanders in some of these listener leagues, again, because the wide receiver value dries up so much. There has been some buzz for Sanders. He could be the guy who's the number two in Buffalo. You know, and now that we have him in some of these leagues, I'll be rooting for him a little bit. But Gabriel Davis does seem like the potential breakout star or breakout option to be the sidekick for Stefan Diggs for the next, you know, four or five seasons. Yeah. And I actually, I was actually surprised, to be honest, when I looked at uh, some of my rosters over the last week or so. Um, I do have quite a few shares of uh, Emmanuel Sanders, and he's somebody who over the last couple of years just had zero value so i kind of kept hold of him and he may come in useful in, in some of those leagues but yeah i think davis again they're just play he's a player who um if he can take that step forward and that offense if he can become the number two uh behind stefan diggs with josh allen i think he will will see a significant rise in value uh, i do agree with you on uh you know not overpaying for players that we like and I guess we could probably be guilty of that with Chenault as well. But Fuller is a player I, I've liked for a, a long, long time. But I just think that moving out, and you made the point as well, and it's probably part of my thinking is if, say, for example, Chenault does uh, continue to develop in the way we think, then by the time we get through 2022 and then into 2023, there's a chance then to recoup those first-round picks. Now, the, the risk that you mentioned is it could all fall flat in its face and uh, you know Hamler could end up with nothing, Davis could fall out of the league and then... Chenault could end up like we've seen with so many Jacksonville Jaguars wide receivers over the years uh, and not working out. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But um, that's obviously the, the risk side of things. It is a super flex league as well. So um, those first round picks like you know, could turn out to be the, the next superstar quarterback as well. So there is there is that risk back then. But um, uh, it was a roster that I was I was hoping to, to fill out for some depth at the wide receiver position. And I think giving up with Fuller and those picks to get back those three wide receivers um is is something that i was willing to take the shot on getting a lot of questions in from our listeners over the the last couple of weeks we do thank each and every uh listener for the, the questions they send in. i always think they're very interesting to add into the show this week we have uh, <laughs> we've ended up with so many questions we're kind of dropping some of them in as the week goes along to fit them all in and then we have a bonus episode as well to to get them all done but this question comes in from christopher reyes and uh, i think it's one sean that you're gonna be uh prime to, to answer so how high is too high to go with zero running back is the the title of the question hi guys it's chris from new jersey love the show uh he says it's a full ppr league three wide receivers and a flex i'm finding that i like a lot of the lit running backs better than the later wide receivers is a top five pick too early to go running back uh, build with this format say pick four or five uh, love all the different shows that you're putting out there uh, he also said a uh, shout out to the ship chasers uh, obviously pat and pete we love what they do uh, and stealing bananas as well mentioned in there sean so um listening to all the content uh, that is is talking zero rb i would imagine at this time of the, the the season but uh what are we thinking there sean he did mention that he, I, I, he mentions that he um is finding that he likes a lot of the late rbs better than the later wide receivers i think he probably meant vice versa uh, liking the late wide receivers but What's your thoughts overall on how early uh, is too early for zero RB? Well, it's never too early, right? And that's the correct answer. <laughs> so, you know, you have the 101, you're a little skeptical of Christian McCaffrey because he was hurt last season. And now Hubbard is there putting a lot of pressure on him from a talent perspective. No, I'm, we're kidding. If you have the 102, <laughs> right, you can start to look 
at wide receiver. Now, Dalvin Cook, someone we loved last year, the range of outcomes loved him. The situation there was fantastic. He has this pure rushing ability that's right there with Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb, but he also is much more dynamic as a wide receiver. You like him to score a ton of touchdowns in that Vikings offense, but we've also discussed how his profile really strains the limits of sustainability. Maybe that offense isn't quite as good this season, or there's even a little bit more emphasis on Justin Jefferson and Irv Smith. So you take him back even slightly. You consider the injuries that he's had in the past. He goes second overall right now because he made it through a season healthy, but there's no guarantee that he'll do that. There's no guarantee even that he's one of the guys who is a good risk from a from an injury perspective. So we look at the different options there in a tight end premium format. You have to really look at Travis Kelsey early, but again, that would be a zero RB build if you back that up with a lot of wide receivers. Colin, we're going to talk about the Apex Experts draft in the next show, but I think it very clearly answers this question in that Denny Carter, who we've had on a show recently, selected Tyreek Hill third overall. Uh, Mike Brody, who uh, has written some stuff for Rotoviz in the past, a friend to the show, a friend to the site, you know, runs the Apex Experts, uh, runs the Apex Draft Leagues. Mike's really cool. He actually does fantastic in this format every single year with a zero RB build. You go and you look at the teams uh, before the playoffs. He's had a little bit of bad luck getting nipped in the playoffs when he's the number one seed, but he drafts a zero RB team every year, and every year is either the first or the second seed against all of these elite experts. So we think Mike knows what he's doing. He takes Devontae Adams fourth. I had the fifth pick. I took Stephon Diggs, so Alvin Kamara falls to sixth. Uh, not a tight end premium format, Travis Kelsey goes seventh. So that's actually the way I like these drafts playing out and not a surprise after what we talked about earlier in the show with Hill, Adams, Diggs being home run picks at the one-two turn. They're also actually pretty good options in the middle of round one. Yeah, and it's always um, it's a question, I guess, that people more so in fear um, that will you know, not want to take those elite wide receivers over what seems like safe options at the running back uh, position but we've seen time and time again that that tends not to be true come the year's end so um i think uh, good question again there thanks for sending that one in uh, you do keep doing sending them in uh, we'll keep we'll keep answering as many as we can and um, send them our way at rotovizradio at gmail.com or tweet me those questions at overtime ireland or uh, a lot of them come in via direct message as well. I had one come in via direct message that they uh, didn't want their league mates to see us asking the question. Uh, so <laughs> there's a, there's lots of uh, tactics going on behind the scenes with these questions coming in. Um, so that is going to take us to the end of today's show. As always, you can get yourself a listener's 10% discount to a road of his NFL pass by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Or go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Thank you, as always, for staying tuned in all the way to the very end of this one. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over to Marlin. My co-host is Sean Siegel. You can follow over at FF underscore Contrarian. But again, as always, the best place to get all the information from Sean is on rotaviz.com. Until we're back with another one, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>